some companies still know how business casual is done. It's strictly business. Luckily, it's not just strictly business because we keep it casual around these parts. Folks, you're listening to Business Casual, Market Scale's B2B morning radio show. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. I am hoping you're listening to this on our brand new Business Casual um, channel that we've got on Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify and on Stitcher and Google Play. It's exciting stuff. We are expanding. Uh, we've got our own channel. Now you can subscribe directly to Business Casual. So folks, thank you so much for listening. Hit that subscribe button, just like we're YouTube influencers. Uh, leave us a rating and a comment. Check out our content on marketscale.com slash industries. And did I forget to say my name? I think I did. Folks, it's Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, one of a few hosts on the program. We're rejoined by the usual crew. We've got Tyler Kern and Taylor Bagley. Tyler, how are you doing this morning? Yes. Yes, I'm good. It's a Friday. I got my coffee. I'm ready for some biz cash. Let's talk some stories. Let's talk some uh, some uh, what's going on in the world of B2B today. Fantastic. Mr. Taylor Bagley, how are you doing? Doing well. And on my day one of full time back in the office. Wow. America is reopening. All right. Well, I feel like a lot of people are going to be experiencing that if they haven't already very soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not something that we've got on the docket today to talk about, but we've talked about returning to the office and the transition of the office workplace uh, a lot on the show. So, folks, Mm -hmm. if you're interested in finding that, go to marketskill.com slash industries. Taylor, Tyler and Daniel bring the thoughts. All right, y'all. We've got a packed show, uh, several different industries to talk about some incredibly timely, some across the waters, and always got to secure the bag with Taylor Bagley as well. So are y'all ready to jump in? Let's do it. Yes. Love it. All right. This first one is incredibly timely. Um, It uh, honestly draws on uh, an intersection of social movements and technology. And, uh, of course, I'm talking about the protests that have been erupting uh, across the United States. Um, You know, though we all have our thoughts on the protests, uh, this platform isn't really uh, one for unpacking them. So instead, what we're going to be talking about is some of the B2B impacts of these protests. And one of the most uh, interesting ones, in my opinion, are how organizers for the protests are trying to organize what tools they use and uh, how that impacts some businesses that offer those tools. So protests around police violence and around supporting the Black Lives Matter movement have erupted, like I said, across all 50 states and even uh, in 18 different countries, I believe. And as those protests have grown in the last week, so have daily downloads of the encrypted messaging app Signal. Uh, So that's according to data from Sensor Tower. They're a mobile app analytics firm. They're saying downloads for Signal tripled in the last week, uh, spiking starting at the end of May. So if you look at a graph of the thing, um, there's a a good article on this on QuartzQZ.com. The the graph shows for the whole month of May, uh, daily downloads peaked at a little over 9,000 downloads a day. Now... That is swiftly reaching around 26,000 downloads a day. So major increase in signal downloads. 
uh, and organizers on Twitter, uh, as well as some privacy orgs like the EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, have been recommending Signal to um, uh, protesters and demonstrators and organizers for more encrypted messaging. Uh, that is really why people are leaning towards these tools for communication, because encryption makes contents of the message more difficult to read while being transmitted, meaning there's less risk of interception or monitoring by a third party on, hey, you know, what is our organization plan today? Where are we going to meet for the protest? Uh, you know, what supplies do we need? What are our exit plans, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Signal, compared to other apps like WhatsApp, actually offer more anonymity. They're probably the one on the market that offers the most anonymity. Uh, here's a quote from that Quartz article. Quote, in addition to encrypting the content of messages, it doesn't store metadata about who sent and received a message, when it was sent, and the location of the participants. Signal also includes a tool that makes it easy to blur out faces in photos exchanged through the app. End quote. Uh, WhatsApp and uh, Telegram are two other... Uh, encrypted messaging tools that are popular uh, those do not offer that same level of anonymity for example whatsapp does keep records of who and when you've messaged people as metadata telegram records login info of its users so there are some you know some strategic ways to use uh, that metadata if need be, if you were monitoring or you were monitoring third party. Uh, Signal is the only one that is seeing this kind of spike. Other messaging platforms like WhatsApp, Telegram are stagnating more or less, not reaching any new substantial peaks. Um, so the, the downloads, uh, they're not just, um, I guess, conspiratorial or, you know, they're not coming from a total proactive place. The downloads have come in response to uh, increased surveillance during protests. Uh, here's another quote from that Quartz article. Quote, authorities have flown drones over protests in several U.S. cities, while Reuters reported that police have used facial recognition cameras and IMSI, excuse me, IMSI catchers, which intercept and read text messages at protests in the U.S., U.K., and Germany. BuzzFeed reported that the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency has been granted broad powers to, quote, conduct covert surveillance of protesters, end quote. Uh, so uh, a lot going on, a lot of variables influencing why people are wanting to download Telegram. Um, and, you know, I think it's also important to highlight that the protections provided by these applications, at least if trying to protect from law enforcement supervision, are not that robust. Uh, agencies have other tactics for monitoring, including um, you know, strategic social media monitoring. And if they have access to your phone, uh, they can still read messages physically on the phone that haven't been deleted. Uh, Signal does have an auto-delete function, uh, but you have to enable it and you have to choose what that period is for those messages to delete. And, you know, uh, I, most organizers, I would assume, aren't deleting everything immediately just to have some kind of recollection of... Uh, you know, tracking what is happening. So uh, depending on when that phone would be found or taken, uh, there might still be information on there. Um, so all that to say, uh, what are y'all's thoughts on this dynamic of seeing uh, encrypted messaging apps increase in use, uh, specifically responding to uh, increased surveillance of um, just general conversation during these protests? Yeah, um, I'll go ahead and start here. 
I think that this is a, uh, um, you know, definitely a, a trend that we're seeing in other areas of technology as well. I mean, we, we actually just had here in our last episode the uh, um, kind of security pitfalls that even a company like Google has, you know, on uh, its users and consumers and you know, when we continue this conversation about data privacy, uh, specifically in something that is so uh, heavily targeted by, um, you know, a specific agency or something that has the really the means to, um, you know, have a, have a kind of deeper impact on the privacy of our data and our communications, we're going to see more and more things like uh, this tool pop up where, you know, Signal um, is just kind of allowing people to do the things that they, one, you know, are expecting from a company like their cell phone provider or their communications provider would offer them. So knowing that you don't have these players kind of, you know, working for for you and your privacy, we're going to start searching outward for third-party applications, you know, such as uh, uh, Signal and, and others like that. So um, I think on a, on a macro level, you know, this is just a conversation that has, uh, you know, started before this and is now at a tipping point because we are at a, uh, a precipice where, you know, we're, we're having, um, you know, different agencies or different entities looking at some of this data and potentially, uh, you know, utilizing that either, you know, for an agenda or, you know, against the people specifically. So, um, like I said, on a high level, I, I think that this, you know, uh, we, we could have seen this as, as being a trend that, that you know, might have started uh, a little bit earlier. But now, you know, having kind of a, uh, uh, a focused look at what some of the uh, – security pitfalls just might be in general some of the things you just want to protect yourself of and you know if if that might even be something in the future that that people want to look at uh when they're you know even dealing with things outside of say a protest and maybe just more in their personal life um i think this is a very you know applicable tool i think that people really should be looking at better ways to secure themselves uh to make their communications their data their searches um things like that private and uh, and and I ultimately believe that that um you know that's a right that that you know we should have so I think that there's a uh, uh, a huge demand in that which is a uh, um you know I think really plays into a lot of the the mindset that we have as you know digital consumers here in this age as well as you know people who are um you know activating a specific, uh, you know, agenda or idea as well that might not be, um, you know, as widely uh, heard or accepted. And, you know, I, I think all of these play a hand in together. So I'm, I'm happy to see it. I, I, I would love to see more companies that, you know, are addressing certain issues like this. And I think it's a great way for technology companies to, uh, you know, be customer centric. Yeah. Well, I mean, even just like you can go, uh, you know, across the spectrum and, uh, you know, consult your boy Edward Snowden uh, on NSA spying all the way to your, uh, you know, Amazon Alexa in your house, compiling your information to improve its machine learning. Uh, you know, there is both government supervised and completely consensual um monitoring in our lives at all times and though it's not quite as oppressive as uh you know like a 1984 book or something that looks like it's coming out of a dystopian sci-fi movie um <laughs> some of the monitoring that is sanctioned by the government or that we impose on ourselves with a lot of devices in our lives 
could be seen in that light if I think people um, were more well informed on how much data and what of their communications are actually being monitored and collected and analyzed mm -hmm. constantly. Uh, and, you know, these protests and justifications for uh, monitoring or, or uh, I guess, like over monitoring uh, mm -hmm. definitely continues to strip some of those privacy rights that I think we we lose often in our more connected digital age. So I think it's incredibly important for consumers and, you know, even not just consumers, just civilians to better understand how their data can be tracked, how it can be used. And, you know, I think everyone does have that right to privacy. And, um, yeah, I think if there are companies that are going to promote that privacy or their whole business model is creating tools for that privacy, uh, you know, I, I think I'm all for that as well. Um, mm. And I'm, I'm just very uh, curious as to how these dynamics continue to evolve. First one being, you know, is this an opportunity for new encrypted messaging apps, like you said, Taylor, to enter the marketplace? Mm -hmm. And what could some new needed features be that they take away from uh, current protests or from uh, even just like non-social agitation uh, uh, motivators, just general like, oh, here's what people want out of their privacy mm -hmm. apps. Um, also, how might some of our existing tech platforms see what's happening now and maybe take some proactive measures to be more open to how they're using consumer data. Our consumers are going to start demanding that, hey, you know, Google, tell me more about how my data is being used when I log on. Hey, Microsoft Teams, tell me more about how my data is being used when I'm communicating on here with my coworkers, you know, um, everything in between. Uh, then also combine that with if protests continue to rise for this Black Lives Matter movement or any other social cause, regardless, anything that is creating social agitation, which seems likely due to the mix of variables creating unrest in the country right now, will these encrypted apps continue to prioritize user privacy as their main function? Or if they start getting demands from law enforcement agencies, you know, who's to say that they don't just completely hand over all of that information and share it with said law mm -hmm. enforcement agencies? What's their responsibility as a private entity? Is it to the moral cause of their company and their product or is it to, you know, abiding by law and order? Right. Whatever that looks like. So it's mm -hmm. a very tricky situation, especially when there is like social pressure for uh, a, a moral argument and, um institutions that are monitoring said moral argument i think as a company providing said um encryption tool you know your place in the formula starts to get questioned and starts to um you know i guess be forced to make a decision tyler do you have any thoughts on any of those dynamics I suppose the one thing that, that, that stands out to me about all this um, is that we, we've seen a history and we've seen the pattern of any time there is an outside threat to the powers that be, regardless of where that comes from, that we see the privacy of ordinary citizens be threatened 
by the measures taken by authorities. And so anytime you see that, you're going to see innovation that occurs that pushes back against that. And I think that's what we're seeing in this case. And I don't have anything to add to to what you guys already said, but I think you're right to point out uh, the various aspects like features and and whatnot and what we can learn from this particular situation. So, um, so for me, that's, that's where I land on this, that, that this is a necessary innovation to protect the, uh, the privacy and the interests of ordinary everyday citizens. And I think that that's an important thing in our society. Couldn't agree more. It's a fundamental aspect of the, the American mythos, that's for sure. So as that continues to get stripped away, uh, you know, I, I wonder, uh, you know, are people going to get woke on it, basically? And where do these private companies fit into that mix? Uh, are they going to have an obligation to the consumer or to, you know, the lawmaking authority? And, uh, you know, my bets are not high, so we'll see. <laughs> we, we will see. We will see. That's, that's the um, business casual classic. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries.